know, the Bible is really a whole library, not just one book. There are a lot of different kinds of genre represented there. History, wisdom literature, poetry, songs, laws, faith stories, and even letters. Our scripture reading today is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, or the people of Ephesus. It was not, however, meant just for one person, or even just for one church. It was meant to be shared in a more public way, a sermon meant to be proclaimed. In this passage, Paul is speaking to the Gentiles. Back then, there were two groups of people, the Jews, God's chosen ones, and the Gentiles, which was everyone else. After Jesus Christ came, was crucified and rose again, and Pentecost happened and the Holy Spirit came down into the disciples, the Christian church was born. But when these believers in Jesus Christ began to gather, there were still the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians. In the verses just before our reading, Paul says that in Christ Jesus, both groups are made into one, that the dividing wall of hostility between them has been broken down and taken away. They were reconciled or brought close to God into one body through the cross. So let's hear what Paul has to say next. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, humble words to honor you, our holy God. Be in the speaking in the hearing, in the understanding, and most of all, in the doing. Amen. All summer, here at Clarkston United Methodist, we have been asking questions and hearing answers on issues that we might get asked as Christians and, frankly, not know what to say. I have two questions this morning to ask and to answer. First, What is the church? And second, why should we be a part of it? And just for fun, in order to illustrate, I uh, have two drawings for you. A house and a tree. I'm not a very good artist, but I love markers. So, there it is. Paul said, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God. The first answer to our first question, what is the church, is that the church is a community of believers in Jesus Christ. Not just a society of friends, but members of the household of God, who love each other with the love of God. Family. It's a community without barriers, It doesn't matter if you are a man or a woman or are not sure which one you are. It doesn't matter if you're young or old 
It doesn't matter where you come from or what color your skin is or how you dress. Your sexual identity doesn't matter, just as it doesn't matter how much money you have or if you have six toes on your left foot. It doesn't matter if you have physical challenges or mental or emotional challenges. It doesn't matter what grades you got in school or whether you've broken the law before. It doesn't matter if you've struggled with depression or drugs or alcohol or even if you have struggled with your faith in God. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are supposed to be like Jesus. Have you ever noticed that Jesus hung out with and especially welcomed people who had troubles and were being rejected by the rest of society? The ideal for which we are striving is the acceptance that God gives every one of us. This idea of no barriers was a really big deal back when Paul said it. In the Jewish temple in Jerusalem, there were actual dividing walls that separated Jews from Gentiles, men from women, priests from the people. If we're honest, we have to admit that it's still a really big deal. We humans seem to be good at dividing ourselves up into groups, don't we? But we are directed as Jesus followers to be a part of the household of God with no barriers. In our communion liturgy, it says, By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. That means encouraging and supporting one another and being welcome, welcoming to all people. All people. Our scripture goes on. We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The second answer to our first question is that the church is not just a community in the present. It is an eternal organization built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, including believers of all times throughout history. Also in our communion liturgy, it says, With your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we're all in one group, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord. God of power and might. Even if our earthly church seems faulty and far from the heavenly realms, we remain a part of the whole, the communion of saints. We don't only look back through history, we look forward into the future when God's kingdom will come on earth. Our scripture finishes with the last two verses. In Jesus Christ, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. The third answer to our first question is that we are not only a community of believers in Jesus Christ with no barriers, who are part of an eternal organization, we are also a spiritual society, an actual dwelling place. God. When we meet, it's not just to be together, to fellowship and have a good time, and it is not even to just support and encourage each other, as important as that is. When we gather, it is to be in the presence of God, not just individually, but as a whole, for God to abide in us.
This point I would like to add to our illustration over here. We have the apostles and the prophets. That is the foundation on which we are built. We're going to add the apostles here and the prophets. And Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. J.C., Jesus Christ. All right. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, Come to Jesus Christ, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Living stones. You want to draw some of those on here to represent us. We're a big church, so let me draw a lot of stones. Okay. Now, that leads right into our second question. If the church is a community of believers in Jesus Christ with no barriers, who are part of an eternal organization and an actual dwelling place for God, why should we be a part of it? The first answer is, we are all needed here. If each of us is a living stone and a spiritual dwelling place for God, there will be holes in the wall if any of us are missing. We talk about the body of Christ. In Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, it says, For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We can't be the whole body of Christ individually. We need to work together in order to accomplish the work and the will of God. Together, we can be more and achieve more than we could ever do alone. You can't build a house with one stone. The second answer follows the first. The next verse in the book of Romans, chapter 12, says that we have gifts according to the grace given us, and we need a place to use our gifts. 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 14 says, do not neglect the gift that is in you. God has given each one of us gifts, and we come to the church to use our gifts for the glory of God. Our gift may be teaching or listening or encouraging or cooking. It might be leading or crunching numbers or designing a comfortable space or praying. It might be singing or speaking or cleaning or planting flowers. We all have gifts, and God expects us to use them. The third answer to the question of why be a part of the church is that we all need to be in healthy relationships. It is here in the church that we practice kingdom living, working together and encouraging one another and being the community of believers that the church is supposed to be. It isn't easy, right? People are messy. We all come with our own strengths and weaknesses and quirks and annoying habits. We come with our own histories and experiences and hurts and hot buttons 
Living as a community of faith, as the household of God, this side of heaven takes patience and flexibility. It takes understanding and forgiveness and being willing to give people second chances. Ah, just like God gives us. Jesus is the great physician, and the church is meant to be a place of healing. By reaching out with the love of God to people who have experienced rejection and hurt out in the world and are broken because of it, enables us to become agents of that healing. As hard as it is to live in a community of faith, being a Christian off by yourself doesn't really make sense because we are meant to relate not just to God but to each other. Just like the cross, the vertical beam is us reaching up to God. The horizontal beam is us reaching out to each other and not just reaching out but with a healing love of God. The fourth reason we need to be in the church is that we need a place to grow and bear fruit. John chapter 15, verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Being a Christian is not a state of perfection you arrive at the minute you make the decision to be a Jesus follower. It's a journey filled with twists and turns and hard decisions and things to learn and then things to learn again. (laughs) We grow as Christians. We grow in Christ. As John Wesley used to say, we are moving on to perfection. We're not there in the beginning. Have you ever noticed that it's really hard for a plant to grow when it's waiting to be planted? If it's in a little container, it will run out of room, right, for the roots. And if the roots of a tree are wrapped in burlap, uh, then it's just waiting for a place to put them down into the ground. I attended a conference once, and Suli Carullo, a pastor from Fiji of all places, commented that trees do not have legs. They don't walk around. And just like trees, people, even though we do have legs, must be planted in the house of the Lord to bear fruit. I understand the whole church shopping concept. Do you know what I'm talking about? When people are looking for a church, you know, they go around to different churches looking for one that's comfortable, right? I don't have any problem with that. Uh, but I, what I don't agree with is church hopping. When you go from church to church to church to church and you don't settle anywhere. Once you find a place that feels like home, plant yourself. If you're new here to Clarkston United Methodist Church um, and you're interested in planting yourself in this church family, we have a new member class coming up in October, and I hope you will be a part of it. I'm going to add some fruit to our tree over here. I know you're wondering why we had a tree, so this is why. We've got all kinds of fruit being born in this place. Of all the people planted here. Okay, the last reason I'm going to give you today for why we need to be a part of the church is perhaps the one we can relate to the easiest. The reason is that we each need a place to belong. And even more importantly, we need one, capitalized, to belong to. So many people in our society and in our world feel lost 
alone and unloved. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture is from the book of John, chapter 14. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. I will not leave you orphaned. God claims us. We belong to God. Our home is with God, and God makes a home for us in a church family and in eternity. And God makes God's home in us. Author Anne Lamott tells a story in her book, Traveling Mercies, about a little girl who gets lost one day. She's only seven years old, and she ran up and down the streets of the big town where she lived, but she couldn't find a single landmark, and she got very scared. Finally, a policeman stopped to help her. He put her in the passenger seat of his car, and they drove around until eventually she saw her church. She pointed it out to the policeman, and then she told him firmly, You can let me out now. This is my church, and I can always find my way home from here. If you have been away from God, or if you feel like you've never been with God, and you are feeling lost and alone and unloved, coming home may be easier than you think. Open your heart and let God in, and plant yourself in a church family. I know we would love to have you. Just like the little girl who knew her way home as soon as she saw her church, the Clarkston United Methodist Church has an opportunity, a privilege, and a responsibility to lead people home to God in this place. We have the opportunity, the privilege, and the responsibility to be a community of believers who love each other and each person who comes in our doors with the healing love of God. We are an eternal society, citizens with the saints, and we have the opportunity, the privilege, and the responsibility to be built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God so that God may live in us. This coming year, we have the opportunity and the privilege to grow together up to the next level in our church family's life. As we finalize plans to build a new addition here, We are praying for God to do a new thing. It is not just to put bricks and mortar together, but to gather living stones, us, together as one body to do the Lord's will in this place and to reach out to all the stones who are missing from our spiritual walls, living stones who don't even know why they are feeling lost, stones who will cry out with rejoicing when they realize They are coming home. I would like to close with a little song that was taught to me by a wonderful young person named Daniel Mouts back when I was doing youth ministry in Ohio. I'm really sorry that my band couldn't come with me today. I'm kidding. I don't have a band. It's called Big House. It goes like this. 
I don't know where you lay your head or where you call your home. I don't know where you eat your meals or where you talk on the phone. I don't know if you got a family, say a mom or dad. Then I'll see if you love it all, but I bet you wish you had. Come and go with me to my father's house. Come and go with me to my father's house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. A big, big table with lots and lots of food. A big, big yard where we can play football. A big, big house. It's my father's house. All I know is a big old house with rooms for everyone. All I know is lots of land where we can play and run. All I know is you need love and I've got a family. All I know is you're all alone, so why not come with me? Come and go with me to my father's house. Come and go with me to my father's house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. A big, big table with lots and lots of food. Big, big yard where we can play football. A big, big house. It's my father's house. Church is God's house. Church is family. Church is being loved and loving others, even when it's hard. Church is healing. Church is home. Church is us. Amen.